Hey there, thoughtful listener. Would you like consistent and predictable sales activity with no spam and no ads? I'll teach you step by step how to do this, particularly if you're an agency owner, consultant, coach, or B2B service provider. What I teach has worked for me for more than 15 years and has helped me create more than $10 million in revenue. Just head to upmyinfluence.com and watch my free class on how to create endless high-ticket sales appointments. You can even chat with me live and I'll see and reply to your messages. Also, don't forget, the Thoughtful Entrepreneur is always looking for guests. Go to upmyinfluence.com and click on podcast. We'd love to have you. With us right now, Manny Skevofelax. Manny, you are the principal and founder of Portal CFO Consulting. You're found on the web at portalcfo.com. Manny, thank you so much for joining us. Josh, thank you for having me. Well, what our listener of the podcast can't see is we're recording this. You have this beautiful background of a Greece island. The water is so clear and blue and beautiful. And this photo is where your folks are from. And that's just, it's wonderful. What a, what a, what a wonderful tribute. What's the name of it? Someone wants to Google uh, what I presume to be one of the most beautiful places on earth. Uh, sure. It's the Island of Carpathos, if I could spell it. K-A-R-P-A-T-H-O-S. It's in the nice. Southeast uh, Aegean Sea. Nice. Excellent. Well, Manny, your website, again, portalcfo.com. Tell me a bit about the work you do and who you serve. All right. Uh, I have been very blessed. For the past 20 years, I work with business owners, Josh, all different types of businesses to help them make more money by helping them navigate the challenges of growing that business profitably. Yeah. All right. So you do this. And again, the services you provide a lot of fractional CFO leadership. Why is this, you know, to someone who might be at this earlier stage and maybe they haven't considered it, I'm sure they have someone helping out with taxes sure they've got someone helping out with accounting and then they've got this data, right? And they may or may not be using this data to make decisions. Can you help connect the dots on all of that? Sure. Uh, That's a great point. These business owners are bootstrapping. So they have, you know, some kind of help with an accountant, which of course is important. And then it gets to the point where after they've grown that business, they get more interested in trying to understand, you know, profitability. We have a big thing in our country where we want to grow, grow, grow. Well, it's easy to grow a business. And while you grow, you end up not making any money. Your your profit goes away. So as an owner, if you can have at least a little bit of a handle on the basic metrics, you know, what's my most profitable product or my most profitable service? You know, which one should I do more of? Which one should I do less? It helps you to make progress on meeting your goals. Yeah. And so who do you typically work with? What types of companies? And by the way, I have to point out, Manny, you've been at the helm for over 20 years. So congratulations on your longevity. Yeah. Thank you, Josh. I've been very blessed. All different types of business owners, service companies, manufacturers, contractors. You know, the interesting thing is I work by analyzing the financial statement and even though the financial statement is three key components, income statement, balance sheet, cash flow statement, it tells a different story, Josh, for each business. It's very cool. 
and you're able to read in and look at it. That's what I was trained to do as a banker, to analyze financial statements and figure out, you know, whether things are going well and where what areas could use improvement. Manny, someone who's not trained or, or really hasn't taken the time to really understand this, what are they likely not going to see that you may be able to see and interpret? Yes, that's a great question. If they have multiple ways that they make money, they may not be able to see that they're spending 50% of their time on selling a product or service that maybe only accounts for 10% of their profit. Because when they got started, that's what they do. It's what we've always done. They might even like doing it, but they just don't understand how much money they make from each little different segment. And if they wanted to make more money, they would probably be better off doing less of that one. And when, if we could find another segment where it makes more money for their company. So you may have someone, let's say that they've got some of their clients, let's say they've got 35% profit margin, and then they've got some of their clients that have a 5% profit margin, still profitable, mm-hmm. still, you know, it's kind of keeping the employees going and that sort of thing. So, you know, their ego prevents them from wanting to let go of those clients. But tell me about that decision making, like, how do we make some of those maybe tough decisions or, you know, if we can identify, well, clearly we're making a lot more money here. Mm -hmm. Um, How might this look in real life? I think that's a terrific example, Josh. You know, ego does get in the way when the business owner lays out goals. So we're in a situation where expenses are constantly going up, right? So your cost for maintaining your employees, which are your most valuable asset, are constantly increasing. So you're in a situation where you've got to constantly keep growing that business and making a little more money to be able to give raises, to be able to give bonuses, to be able to take care of of your company overall. And if you're continuing to focus in the lower margin activities, you're not going to be able to get where you want to go. So you need to take a, a, a sharper look at, hey, you know, I need to pay this much in bonuses, this much in salaries. I want to add some people. I might need a bigger space. So how can I make some more money in this business to fund this? Because I like to use my own me. I wouldn't want to have to borrow if I couldn't help it. Yeah. And someone might say, but why would I, should I let go of a client that I'm, you know, at break even on or, you know, cause there are more costs than maybe just kind of the balance sheet of labor costs or operating um, cost of goods, right? So cost of goods <laughs> sold. Yes. It's marginally profitable, but it's still profitable, right? I mean, there are more, there's more impact to maintaining that customer than just maybe what might be directly observable. Again, another excellent point that you make. I should ask that in the, in the form of a question. Excuse me. (laughs) It's a great point. And I'm glad that you brought it up that way because it's a tough decision. So if you do an analysis and you see that, yes, you are making that 5% margin on this one customer and you've got three people deployed on it, you're making 35%, as you mentioned, on the other customer with two mm-hmm. people deployed on it. That helps you see better that you've got three resources that's netting you 5%. And then you got two on the other one making you 35%. So it becomes easier, thanks to your example, to see that if there's no future for this client, so we can just be direct, if there's no way that I can sell an additional value-added product or service to this client, 
because we do want to take into consideration the lifetime value of a client. You're absolutely right. But if there is no way and we have additional employees we'd like to hire, take care of our existing employees with bonuses and stuff, we're going to have to make that tough decision maybe and move on from that client. Um, when somebody comes to you and they're complaining, Manny, of stagnation, what questions do you typically look at or what what data do you typically want to start peeking at to help get, gain them some clarity? Because stagnation, another- I think, can, it can impact a lot of us. And I, I think there's, you know, it's like in business, there's, you got moments of growth, you got moments where going, <laughs> your profitability goes down a little bit. And then you've just got those doldrums where it's like, man, I feel like we're stuck. We can't seem to break through that, you know, the can't get over the eight figure hump or, you know, we're, we're stuck in the, you know, 1 million and we just can't seem to cross into 2 million a year. And it's frustrating because they feel like they've been there for too long. Yeah, this is, again, a, a great point that you make. It happens every day. You know, there's the peaks and troughs of business, right? It's not that steady upward trajectory. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to ask that business owner a lot of questions. I'm going to interview that owner and say, hey, you know, how did you get here? You know, what are the things that have been working? And I'm going to do a lot of listening. I'm going to want to get educated on the dynamics that are going on inside that particular business, because there are a host of things that may have impacted it. Part of it could be like technological obsolescence, you know, might be impacting them. Service offerings are not perceived as as giving the value that they once did. You know, your client's saying, eh, you know, I loved it, but eh, not so much now. So a deep introspection with leaving, you know, the ego out of it and just saying, hey, let's take a look at this as unemotionally as we can and figure it out. Why are people not buying our stuff anymore? Because we got from zero to a million. You know, we got from four million to five million. So we've got a proven track record. What could it possibly be? Manny, you have a pretty good blog here and you share a lot of this content on LinkedIn as well, which I, I really like. And and what I like about Thank your you. blog articles is they're pretty punchy. You have really good lists and like checklists. It's pretty actionable. Um, So one that I'm looking at right now is three simple ways to improve your decision-making skills, which again, I'm sure when you're working with clients, you want to help them gain some clarity on some of these decisions that they need to make, you know, where they invest their money and growth, you know, is there, are there opportunities for savings? But, you know, I I just want to maybe kind of share these three items here and let you comment on whatever inspires you. But I thought this was pretty valuable. So again, three simple ways to improve your decision-making skills. Number one, try to find flaws in your own ideas. Number two, don't let emotions cloud your decisions, which <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much, we think that we're you know operating logically as a business owner. It's mostly not. And then number three, don't assume many sure things. That's a great outline, but take that anywhere you want because there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot to discuss there. Thank you. I'm going to try to keep it simple, you know, because I'm passionate. So I consider myself emotional. I get excited about stuff. There are a lot of topics that business owners just don't really want to talk about. And that's one of them. You know, you don't go out there and say, hmm, I wish I could improve my decision making, right? That's something yeah. that you keep personal. So, yeah. you know, the first thing is, Let me look at me. You know, what am I doing? Let me give myself just a little report card without beating myself up too bad, right? So, you know, I try to provide 
the lessons that I've been taught, Josh, by my teachers and mentors over my career, you know, do a little bit of, you know, looking at yourself, you know, how self-aware are you? Do you understand how you're being perceived? Like one of the things, a little bit off of the topic, but I used to get frustrated because I couldn't learn very fast. If you talk to me about something, I could not absorb it. I could not pick it up. But if you get up there and write it on a board, I got it. Hmm. Well, I didn't know, but that's called being a visual learner. So there no, wasn't anything wrong with me. That's not how I learn. Other people learn by you just talking. There's a big tribe of visual learners out there. So that's like the first thing I do is, hey, by the way, Josh, how do you learn? Do you get it by somebody talking to you or do you need to see it? So I try to ask questions that help with introspection and, you know, kind of going to places that you might not really care to be real public about. Yeah. Um, Manny, what does it look like when you're working with your clients? So let's say that someone says, well, I don't know, should I hire a fractional CFO? Can you maybe explain what that looks like? Sure. You know, we start with what they're doing. Now, do they feel that they have timely and accurate information at their fingertips to make their decisions? That really is the be all end all. Um, a lot of owners are working with their financial information that's months and months old. And, you know, I'm a firm believer based on what my teachers and mentors have taught me, you need to have a fresh financial statement in your hand within, you know, two weeks after the close of the month. Josh cannot afford to not be looking at a financial for three months, because if there's any negative trends that are occurring, you want to be on top of them as soon as possible and not let them take root. So that would be the first thing. How do you feel about, you know, the quality of your information? Are you able to um, to make informed business decisions? That's where it starts. Yeah. Your website, portalcfo.com. Um, someone that's been listening to our conversation, where does someone start? And what does that sound like? So if someone says, listen, I, I don't know, I'm open. I've, you know, I think we're at that level where maybe I would like a little bit of kind of that executive level leadership um, when it comes to making sure that we're making more data-driven decisions. But what do those first conversations usually sound like? How do we make it sound less scary? <laughs> yeah. We start by having a meeting that's informal. You know, we might meet a over coffee in person is my preference, but we only meet over a Zoom, just have a conversation. So I can ask you, you know, Josh, where do you think you could get better? Where do you think you're missing? It's not my perspective. I've been trained my whole life to do this in my particular field. Now I need to ask the other human being, that business owner, hey, where do you think that you could use some horsepower? Where do you think you could get better at this stuff? What could really help you? And that's where it starts. And I try to do things as simply as simply as I can. I don't bring any complex, you know, present value, future cash flow and blah, blah, blah. I do everything very, very simple so that the owner can understand, teach it to his or her team and make it actionable. Because if it's too complicated, my experience has found that people are not going to follow it and stuff's not going to get done. Yeah. You are also, Manny, you're a speaker, um, but again, your website, portalcfo.com. Someone's been listening to our conversation. What would you recommend they do next? I think, you know, reading a couple of blogs would be uh, pretty cool because you can go in there and my IT people have it set up so you can search it. So if you've got a topic that's a hot button, you can type it in there and search. 
and it'll bring some articles that, you know, that are what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, probably look at some of the testimonial videos because I've had, you know, this conversation in the past. What is the best way to share with someone what it is that you do exactly? Well, that would be to probably hear from a business owner in their own words, what it's like working with me. So I would say read a few blogs. Mm-hmm. No, your your blog, as I mentioned earlier, is a very, mm-hmm. very valuable content. Also, Manny, you're a good, you're a good LinkedIn follower. I just got connected with you there as well. So again, <laughs> your you. website, what's that? Yeah, portalcfo.com. Manny Skevofilax. Uh, it's been great having you. You're the founder, and uh, it's been a joy having this conversation, Manny. Thank you so much for joining us. Josh, thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or join our listener Facebook group. Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love even if you just stopped by to say hi. I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right, seven days a week. You are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you for around 15 minutes each day. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.